Well, I thought we'd shake it up a little bit here on a Monday, May 9th edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. A little different NFL Films music as we begin the start of a new week of podcasts, keeping track of all the things that are going on in Ohio sports, and giving you my uh, faith portion at the end of the podcast. Glad to have you guys with us. You can email the show at wetacklelife at gmail.com, wetacklelife at gmail.com. And we always love getting your emails, and we always love it when you review us on iTunes. Appreciate it very much. We are going to talk today about a very tragic uh, death, a murder, of a former two-time All-Big Ten basketball player in the prime of life, an Ohio guy. We have that to talk about. We have the Week 2 Monday Night Football doubleheader to talk about, a quarterback that teams may want to trade for. Instead of Baker Mayfield, his career resume is a little bit more impressive than Baker Mayfield. And we will talk about Ohio State being, it appears, increasingly worried about the name, image, and likeness uh, situation out there, even though it sure looks to me like Ohio State will not take a backseat to anyone when it comes to paying athletes via the name, image, and likeness allowances out there. But it is radically changing the landscape of college football. And I will explain to you just how radically by giving you the names of about nine or ten quarterbacks who you may say, oh, yeah, that guy plays at, and he does not play there anymore. He plays somewhere else. We'll do our little quiz on quarterbacks and see how well you can do uh, honing in on the new homes of uh, some pretty high-profile guys who were big-time recruits and some of them big-time actual college players. Start of the podcast, I want to remind you about my newest sponsor. It is PatriotSwitch.com. I'm a big, big, big advocate of Patriot Switch, the private shopping network it links you up with. It makes everything you're already using in your home. You don't have to buy different stuff, more expensive stuff. You just have to buy it from a different store. And when you do, you will be supporting a movement that right now in our country, the raging debate is about. Planned Parenthood, abortion, overturning Roe versus Wade. If you're a pro-life person, you'd like to not buy from companies that give millions and millions of dollars to Planned Parenthood, I can help you with that. All you need to do is go to PatriotSwitch.com. How did you hear about us? Click on my name, Bruce Hooley, in the menu. It is, I believe, the second name listed, second or third. It used to be the first. But that shows you that there are more people, more podcasters, more influencers out there who are buying into the PatriotSwitch.com vision. It's a great, great vision. I'm a huge supporter of it. My family's doing it. I highly encourage you to do it. Be intentional with your shopping dollars. If it's bothering you where some of your money is going to support causes you don't support, well, you don't have to do it that way anymore. I'll tell you where to spend your money. It's with a pro-America company, a pro-life company a great company, and their products are fantastic. We love them. So, PatriotSwitch.com. How did you hear about us? Click Bruce Hooley. All right, this morning in Orlando, Florida, Adrian Payne, former Michigan State Spartan, one of the uh, guys who got away during the eh, kind of mid to latter Thad Mata years. Um, he's from Dayton. And uh, he was shot and killed this morning in Orlando, Florida, apparently in some kind of an argument with somebody. He played for Dayton Jefferson High School, uh, led him to the state championship as a senior, played at Michigan State, played four years at Michigan State, was a two-time All-Big Ten player, averaged 16 points a game his senior year, 
And you might remember Adrian Payne was the Michigan State Spartan who struck up a friendship with a um, really beautiful little girl named Lacey Hallsworth. And Lacey uh, was a terminal cancer patient, an eight-year-old, and their friendship was celebrated um, in many, many, many uh, media accounts. And it was really touching to see Adrian Payne, a very gentle soul, this very, very large young black guy, uh, adopt and take into his heart this uh, you know little girl. It's the best of what uh, our culture can give us in these rancorous times is that kind of cross-ethnic relationship where color doesn't matter, it never should matter. And Adrian Payne was shot in Orlando, Florida this morning, and he died uh, on his way to the hospital. First-round pick of the Atlanta Hawks, 15th overall pick in the NBA draft when he came out. So, extremely sad story, and um, too many stories like this of uh, young black people losing their lives. We had several in Columbus uh, this past week, all under age 25. So, uh, rest in peace, Adrian Payne. I'm sure the Michigan State community, the Dayton Jefferson community, is really, really hurting uh, over that situation. NFL news, Monday night football. They've not had a Monday night football game, I guess, the first week. I didn't know that. I thought they had a, I thought they had a doubleheader the first week. But they're going to have a doubleheader in week two. In week two, and that doubleheader will be Titans at Bills, Titans at Bills, and Vikings at Eagles. How many playoff teams are in that foursome? One? The Bills? We would expect the Bills to be in the playoffs. Do we expect the Titans to be in the playoffs? Eh, kind of in give-up mode on draft night, weren't they? Trading A.J. Brown? Uh, Vikings? Mm, don't think so. Mm, maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe not, but I don't think so. Philadelphia Eagles? Don't feel like it to me. They're always a surprise playoff team, but that's kind of a bleh. You're waiting for a big old headline coming out of the Monday Night Football doubleheader. I, I don't see one. The headline is they're going to start the games at essentially the same time. They're going to make network TV partners, which when you buy a Monday night football game, I thought, they thought, at least, they were getting exclusivity. No, not so much. They are going to get Titans Bills on ESPN and Vikings Eagles on ABC. So have fun with that, all of you. Uh, as for NFL news, Baker Mayfield's still a Brown. Still a Brown. No, hadn't been traded yet. Nobody's desperate. Nobody needs a quarterback bad enough. They want to trade for Baker Mayfield's. $18 million salary, and uh, as for the Browns, well, maybe they might need to hold on to Baker Mayfield because Deshaun Watson is supposed to be deposed later this week, including into the month of June, uh, in the civil cases involving the 22 lawsuits filed against him by women who say he sexually harassed them while they were in the course of giving him massages. Uh, this case is not supposed to go to trial before the end of the season. And so that begs the question, will the NFL suspend Deshaun Watson before he is found guilty of anything, before testimony happens, before uh, he pays a settlement? I I don't know. Uh, it would seem to me that if they do suspend him, Deshaun Watson would have a decent case in court for not being denied his civil rights in terms of, uh, you know, he's not been found guilty of anything, but I guess they're fine him for suspension of the or for violation of the personal conduct policy. Look, bad look for the NFL. Bad look for the NFL to suspend him. Bad look for the NFL to let him play. So, uh, you know, uh, he should have settled this a long time ago. 
Uh, once he was cleared of criminal charges, he should have done everything he could. Once he signed the Browns deal, we got 200 and some million guaranteed. Like, settle it, dude. Get rid of it. Although, if I was not guilty of it, I wouldn't want to settle it either. So it's a, it's a tough situation. Tough for the team. Tough for him. Tough for the women, obviously, if uh, they were genuinely sexually harassed. The whole thing is ugly. And, of course, if it's ugly, it has to have the Browns mixed up in the center of it because that's what the Cleveland Browns do. They get themselves mixed up in the course of all kinds of ugly situations. All right, let me shout out my friends at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. You know how to order, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, promo code, we tackle life in all caps. We tackle life in all caps. You'll get 15% off, and you'll get great coffee, and you'll help further great mission efforts around the world because Hemisphere buys its coffee direct from growers, and then those growers finance ministry efforts in their home country, Ethiopia, Nicaragua, Thailand, Indonesia, Awesome coffee, a great mission, combination, business and ministry, BAM. Business, get it, and ministry, B-A-M. And you get impact, you can be a part of that. And get the best coffee you've ever tasted at 15% off when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. All right, as the Deshaun Watson thing goes, and we wait for clarity on Baker Mayfield, there will now be competition on the Baker Mayfield trade market with Jimmy Garoppolo thrust into that market. As Jimmy Garoppolo, who had surgery on his shoulder after the season, is supposed to be cleared in late June or early July. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo's cap number is higher. It's $27 million. But Jimmy Garoppolo also has a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship game on his resume. So, hmm I know, Baker's $10 million cheaper. Jimmy has a lot more success uh, or has had a lot more success leading his team. So what are you going to do there? If you are a team and you want a quarterback who can reroute your fortunes, uh, are you betting Jimmy Garoppolo? Are you betting Baker Mayfield? Is it worth if you're betting, if if you're rearranging the money in your cap to get a new quarterback, wouldn't you be better off to rearrange $10 million more and get yourself a guy who's done the things Jimmy Garoppolo has done, then arrange the movement of $18 million and take a risk on a guy like Baker Mayfield, who is seemingly always in the headlines? Baker's been chip-on-the-shoulder guy's whole football life. Maybe that motivates him. Maybe he has a great ear, but he seems to me to be the kind of guy who really can't stand prosperity. Jimmy Garoppolo is the kind of guy I like because... He doesn't engage in all that other histrionic nonsense. It has nothing to do with winning. So do I think either one of them is uh, off the chart, got to get them, pay whatever it takes, trade whatever it takes, cut whoever it takes to free the cap space? No, I don't. But do I think they're an upgrade over a lot of quarterbacks in the league? Mm, Garoppolo's an upgrade over a fair amount of quarterbacks in the league. Baker's an upgrade over some quarterbacks in the league. Don't know that if I thought my team was ready to win, uh, then I would do it. But how many teams are ready to win and don't have a quarterback? Uh, if you're, you kind of have to have the quarterback to be ready to win. So we'll see. But that's a that's a complication for the Browns when it comes to trading Baker Mayfield. All right, and now we get to the Ohio State football Buckeyes. But first, but first, but first, a reminder that. You might need an attorney if you're getting an NIL payment, if you're a college athlete or 
heaven knows, you might need it if you're a school, because the NCAA is showing uh, some interest anyway in uh, knocking back a lot of the, uh, well, the wild, wild west situation with uh, NIL. Before we get to that, let me tell you what attorney you should get in your corner. If you need one, it's Willis Spangler Starling. Online, willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. Check them out. They're on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard. They do a phenomenal job for you. Their expertise runs, well, pretty much the entire gamut of the law, like wills, estate planning, probate, personal injury, Social Security disability, you name it, they do it, all with integrity, all with uh, a lot of communication with you so you know exactly what's going on. You don't have to be in the dark. WillisAttorneys.com, WillisAttorneys.com. They are my attorney, so what higher recommendation could I give them than the fact that they are my attorney? So they should be yours. WillisAttorneys.com, W-I-L-L-I-S, attorneys, A-T-T-O-R-N-E-Y-S, WillisAttorneys.com. Okay, so the NIL thing, look, uh, I've said it's the right thing to do. I knew it would be a hard thing to do. What I find really funny is (laughs) not that it's hard. It's that the temerity of these coaches and athletic directors who've been in the inside of college athletics and have been around recruits, some of whom have asked for, you know, things that aren't allowed over the years, that they are caught off guard by the fact that allowing athletes to profit off their name, image, and likeness has suddenly become this really hard-to-control thing. And, oh, people are coming after our players and offering them money to come. And, like, if you didn't see this coming, what have you been paying attention to all these years? Like, literally, how did you not see this coming? I said two years ago, if this came about, you would have a first-team All-Big Ten corner at Purdue, Northwestern, someplace that has no hope, of winning a Big Ten title, looking around the league and going, well, where can I play next year and win a national title, get on a playoff team, make first team All-American, help myself in the NFL, get on national TV more times. I mean, it's like, it's just amazing to me that Gene Smith at Ohio State, Ryan Day, they're not the only ones, but every coach now is like, wow, like this is really revolutionary. And the ones who aren't whining about it are the ones who are, living in the real world saying, yeah, um, we can go get that kid. Let's just go find some boosters who are willing to pay him. Now, what I find really odd about Gene Smith's stressing about this and about Ryan Day over the weekend basically saying, like, you know, we don't know what to do. We don't know whether we should, uh, you know, pull out all the stops and go after somebody and then later on find out we're in violation of NCAA rules or whether we should, like, stick to the rule book. Well, there is no rule book. Like, it's always easier to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission. Like, they can't come after you for doing something now that they say later on, oh, sorry, you shouldn't have done that. Like, that's stupid. And the idea that Ohio State would have a reasonable excuse at all for getting outbid by anyone is beyond my ability to comprehend it. Like, at Ohio State, they have <laughs> they have not just one, but two powerful consortiums of big name people who have put their names put their names on the fact that they are blatantly trying to recruit guys and pay them to do wink wink charitable work i mean yeah i mean i'm sure they will do charitable work but like really is the giving to the mid ohio food bank 
going to go going to go way up if CJ Stroud says, "Oh, you know, I think that Mid-Ohio Food Bank, they really do a lot of good things." Well, sure they do, but I don't think that's going to change anything anybody's doing in terms of their charitable giving just because college athletes tell them to give to a certain charitable endeavor. So here's the quote from Ryan Day from late Friday afternoon. I think there's risk everywhere. There's risk if you do nothing, you get left behind. If you go the other way, there's risk that you could get fired for cause, for crossing the line. Hey, Ryan, you're not getting fired for cause. Keep winning. You're not getting fired. So finding that sweet spot, he continued, is where the challenge is, right? And when there aren't clear-cut rules or rules that are being enforced, then it creates hard feelings and unrest, and I think that's where we are right now. Now, see, that's the downside for Ohio State. That's the downside. Hard feelings and unrest. In other words, we got a lot of studs here, and if they're not playing and they're not getting paid, there are other schools out there that are our perceived equal in terms of access to the NFL, big-time college football, and stuff like that, and they'll find a spot for him, and our backups will go, and all of a sudden our depth is shot. That is his realistic fear right there because, you know, if you got a hole at cornerback at LSU, why would, where would you look? I'd look at Alabama, and I'd look at Ohio State, and I might, until a year ago, I might have looked at Clemson. So I get it now. I sort of get it now, but it's funny to me because Ohio State is more – more than armed and dangerous. Listen to these uh, collectives, these initiatives they have. The foundation is headed up by Cardale Jones and Brian Schottenstein. Hmm. Hmm. Schottenstein. Have I heard the name Schottenstein? Oh, right. The Schottenstein Center. Hmm. Schottenstein family. Hmm. Didn't they used to have Schottenstein stores? Yes, they did. Don't they own Value City Furniture? Yes, they do. There you go. The Schottenstein family. Okay. Other members of the Cardale Jones Brian Schottenstein conglomerate include former OSU football coach Urban Meyer, JT Barrett, who I don't think JT has a ton of money, but you know he's got a lot of records at Ohio State. He did till CJ Stroud started winging it around, and Justin Fields, Terry McLaurin, and D'Angelo Russell. So there's plenty of money there. Then there's another one founded by a guy I never heard of. Uh, Gary Marcinic, who has on his board, Zach Boren, really good businessman, Boren Brothers and uh, Grass Groomers, Lawn Care, Jeff Hireman, Gary Nicholas, and, oh yeah, Archie Griffin and Jack Nicholas. So, <laughs> so I'm supposed to believe that Ohio State is operating at a disadvantage here with two well-heeled initiatives to pay guys to do charitable work, which that's not even, that's not, I mean, that's not any harder than going out to Reichert Ford and posing with your truck like your Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't know what Ohio State is worried about here. What are you worried about? Get after it. Like, open the coffers. Give them all cars. I mean, you know, I, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's going to ruin, I think it's ridiculous for the, the sham, it's sham, it's always been shamaterism. It will now become obvious that it's shamaterism. And I said from the beginning, this is the right thing to do. You got to do it. I support it. If ADs like Gene Smith are going to make $2 million plus, absolutely the players should be getting paid. If Ryan Day is going to make $7, 8000000 $9 million, absolutely the players should be getting paid. 
But don't come to me and complain about how hard it is to do this and, oh, whoa, somebody might come and pay my guy more to go try and play at LSU or USC or Nebraska. Sorry, dude. You can't make an omelet without breaking eggs. That's an egg that gets broken. You might lose a backup, and he might get to go somewhere else and play. Like, oh, I don't know. Can I think of anybody who wasn't going to play here and went somewhere else and found playing time and ended up a first-round pick in the NFL draft? Oh, yeah, Jamison Williams. Okay, Jamison Williams. Can I find guys who, before NIL, went elsewhere and did okay for themselves by transferring? Hmm, you mean like Joe Burrow? Yeah, I think so. So that's just part of the deal at Ohio State. And Ohio State will go out. They just stole a kicker from USC. They'll go out and grab guys as they need them. So, no, I don't feel sorry for you. No, I don't want to hear the complaints. I don't want to know the underbelly of this whole thing. It's ugly. It is professional sports all the way through. Then, And you shouldn't even try to hide the the uh, hide the ball on it. It is professional sports all the way through. And if, you, if that's the way it is, then that's the way it is. As proof, as proof that it is professional sports all the way through. Let's take the quarterback transfer portal landing spot quiz, shall we? You'll get this one right. Quinn Ewers, quarterback of the post-C.J. Stroud era at Ohio State, we thought, will now be a Texas Longhorn, is now a Texas Longhorn. Remember Emory Jones, who was coming to Ohio State a few years ago? Emory Jones was going to be who? Dwayne Haskins' successor? Emory Jones went to Florida instead. Signing day surprise. Emory Jones now will quarterback the Arizona State Sun Devils next season in what many think will be, but I hope will not be, Herm Edwards' final season. ASU had a really good quarterback, Jaden Daniels. He started for two years, did a great job. Jaden Daniels was plucked off the vine by Brian Kelly at LSU. Last year at USC, they started the season with JT Daniels as their starter. He tore up his knee in the first week. They brought in Keaton Slovis. Keaton Slovis had a really good year. Clay Helton got fired anyway. Now Lincoln Riley is there. Keaton Slovis sees that he doesn't fit Lincoln Riley's plans. More on that in a moment. So Keaton Slovis is transferred to Pitt, where he will take the place of tiny hands Kenny Pickett, the first quarterback picked in the NFL draft. What about JT Daniels? Ah, JT Daniels went to Georgia. And JT Daniels was going to be the quarterback at Georgia until, who was it? Stedman... Stedman something the third, you know, Esquire became the quarterback. Stedman Bennett or Stetson Bennett became the quarterback. Of course, he's the quarterback at Georgia. Stetson Bennett became the quarterback at Georgia, led him to a national championship. Didn't hurt that he had five first-round picks on defense. So now JT Daniels is transferred again, and he'll be at West Virginia this fall. What about any other SEC guys on the move? Yes, Bo Nix from Auburn. He's now going to be wearing the garish green uniforms of the Oregon Ducks. And I said I'd give you more on USC in a moment. Ah, at USC, where Lincoln Riley landed in a shocking move from Norman, Oklahoma, he will have a quarterback this year. The guy that he put in at quarterback in midseason last year, Caleb Williams, because Caleb Williams, who put up huge numbers of you at, at Oklahoma, followed Lincoln Riley to USC and, of course, last year at the start of the year, we all thought Lincoln Riley might have his third straight 
uh, Heisman Trophy winning starting quarterback in Spencer Rattler, and then Rattler uh, struggled, and so Rattler is now at uh, USC as well, but not University of Southern California. He's now at South Carolina, University of South Carolina. So there you go. That's the transfer portal quarterback landing spot bingo game uh, that we just played right here on the We Tackle Life podcast. All right. Now we get to what really matters after I tell you about auiinfo.com. Business owners, come on. Come on. Take advantage. There are very few free services that are outstanding and don't stack the deck against you. You got a million things to do with ordering and payroll and everything you do. Why waste your time vetting benefit packages? You say, I don't. I just let it ride, Bruce. I've had the same one for 20 years. Oh, great. That means you're probably paying, I don't know, about 80% more than you need to because those rates change and you need to be competitive and force your companies that provide the benefits to be price competitive every two years or so. Don't have time, Bruce. Yes, you do. Go to auiinfo.com, type your questions into the chat. Here's the plan I have. What could I get for this much money? What else could I get? Could I get more? Can you bundle me with another business, small business? I only have one other employee and me. We're a small shop. That's okay. AUI is a small shop, 17 employees. They license to service any business in the state of Ohio, under 50 employees. Do it now, auiinfo.com. You won't be sorry you did it, auiinfo.com. Okay, to the faith portion of the podcast. To the faith portion of the podcast. I had the privilege Sunday to teach um, in church um, in our uh, adult Bible fellowship class on Matthew 5, verses 21 to 26. That is a portion of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is talking to his disciples, but we are certainly of the opinion that other people were listening in. And after he issues the Beatitudes, he launches into a long string of uh, discourse on basically interpreting the scriptures, interpreting the scriptures. Jesus came to, he said in earlier in Matthew 5, he said, you know, if you think I came to nullify the law of Moses, you're wrong. I didn't come to nullify the law of Moses. I came to fulfill every, uh, every one of the tiniest details. Well, in fulfilling it, what he meant was I came to fulfill it and I'm going to explain it so you can fulfill it. So his whole ministry was explaining the law of Moses from God's perspective, which of course is his perspective because he is the son of God. And he starts many of his points, starting in Matthew 5, 21, with an interesting phrase. He will say something to, to the uh, akin of, you have heard that it was said to people long ago, or you have heard it said that. This is a different preface to a setup than what Jesus said to Satan when he was tempted in the desert, where Jesus quoted Scripture to Satan and said, have you not read? In other words, hmm, haven't you read the Bible? I know you know it. Haven't you read it? Haven't you read the Scriptures? And Jesus often said this to the Pharisees and the Sadducees when they were trying to trip him up on minutia in the law. They thought they had him, 
and he would say, he would point out the fallacy of their arguments by saying, oh, well, haven't you read? And then he would cite a scripture to them. But that's not what he's saying here, and that's not what he says as he continues. He goes, you have heard it said to people long ago, for instance here, you shall not murder, but anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, in other words, you heard this, but that's wrong. I'm going to tell you what it really is. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. He goes on, he talks about adultery, and you don't have to commit adultery. You look at a woman lustfully, you've committed it in your heart. He's raising the standard. He talks about turning the other cheek. You know, you have to turn the other cheek, all those kinds of things. So, This is an instance where language and the gap in language and the gap in the people's understanding of the the language Scripture was written in and the language they spoke, okay? So in this era, the Scriptures were written in Hebrew, but a lot of the people in that era, most of the people in that era, did not speak Hebrew. Why did they not speak Hebrew? They're Jews, yes, but this is following the Babylonian captivity when the Hebrew language and almost all of the Hebrew ways of doing things were severely diminished, eliminated, marginalized. So Jesus most likely taught in Aramaic. So the Pharisees and the Sadducees had an edge. They could read Hebrew. They were educated. Remember, oh, they talked about Jesus. Oh, he teaches like somebody who's been educated, but he's a carpenter. How did he get educated? Well, he's got the Son of God, okay? So there was a gap in what the Pharisees and Sadducees could tell the people and what the people could read for themselves because they couldn't read Hebrew. Similarly, in the 1500s, at the time of the Reformation, when Martin Luther broke away from the Catholic Church, The scriptures were written in Latin, in Latin, and the Catholic fathers, the Catholic priests could read Latin, and the people, most of them, could not, could not, unless they were educated. Martin Luther was a priest. He could read the Latin, but he realized that, in his mind at least, the scriptures were being explained inaccurately, which is what Jesus said was happening in this day. So I got to thinking about this today. And of course, in Martin Luther's time, the printing press came along, the Bible was translated into German, the people could read it for themselves, and that's what precipitated the break from the Catholic Church, the Christian Christianity of Martin Luther and the Catholic Church, which has continued to this day. And I've always been amazed the number of Catholics I meet who really don't spend much time reading the Bible. There are a lot of Christians who don't spend much time reading the Bible either. So this is my plea to you to read the Bible yourself. Read it yourself. Find a translation you can understand and read it yourself. Because one of the ways God communicates with us is through his spirit to our spirit when we are reading his word. And if we're not reading it, he can't convict, enlighten, inspire, you know, all those things, all those other things that he does through Scripture. And I was thinking about my own life, and I've been very 
consistent reading my Bible for pretty much the last three years. And it's been the greatest period of spiritual growth in my life. I don't think that's accidental. I don't think that's accidental at all. And so I've reflected on what other things in my life have I done for a while that have paid dividends, and then I got lazy with them, and then I had to suffer some consequences. And so for me, what came to mind was reading the Bible for me is a discipline that I have to maintain every day because if I don't, things will get ugly in my life. I don't mean necessarily with just events and bad circumstances, although God may use that to draw me back to Him, but just my own comportment with others, my joy, my contentment, my uh, willingness to share the gospel, my motivation to share the gospel, my understanding of life events and what I hope is God's wisdom communicated through me um, as I frame events of the day. But I thought about it's comparable in my life to oral hygiene. If I brush three times a day and I floss and I'm vigilant with my oral hygiene, I never have any problems at the dentist's office. But if I brush only at night or if I, you know, some nights I'm just really tired and I go to bed without brushing my teeth, which I know is gross, which I'm not saying I do that. I'm just saying if I did or if I didn't floss, you know, eh, a couple weeks I didn't go, oh, I ran on a floss, I'm not going to floss, then you could buy with it for a while. You could buy with that for a while. Eat a bunch of hard sugary candy, let it sit on your teeth for a while, drink a bunch of coffee, a bunch of tea, stain your teeth for a while. Then you go in and then eh, what do I got to do? I got to like scrape it off or you get a cavity or you get a root canal. You get something that costs you a lot of money and is painful and is uncomfortable. And that is in my life pretty similar to what has happened when I've lost my discipline reading the Bible. So I'm in Proverbs every day. I'm now trying to read five Psalms a day so I can get through the Psalms entirely in a month. I read in the New Testament. I'll frequently go back and leave through the Old Testament. I'm not trying to tell you, oh, look at me, look what I do. I just tell you that if you think God is distant and you don't have what you consider to be a relationship with him, or you don't you don't can't quite understand why he's not responding to you or he's not answering you or you don't feel a clear direction in your life. I would just ask, how disciplined are you in reading his word? Because that word has been preserved over centuries, over millennia for a purpose. And the purpose is to enlighten us. The Bible is a living, breathing document. I had a friend who said this to me one time. I've never forgotten it because it is absolutely true. It is the only book that every time you pick it up has the power and potential to change your life. Every single time you pick it up. It doesn't change your life every single time you pick it up, but you never know when that day will be. So I can't stress enough the importance of reading the Bible yourself, seeing what it has to say to you, and dig in, small doses, research it, 
You got no excuses, man. You got great pastors like John Piper and John MacArthur and many others. You've got access to the original explanations. You've got the ability to just treat it like a research product project. Dive into a verse. See what's there. See what it says to your heart. Because that's what I do when I teach. And I'll tell you what. Nobody gets more out of it than the person who's teaching it. So that's my wish for you guys. Listen to the podcast as um, you adopt the discipline of seeing what God has to say to you and what he wants from you in your life. And with that, I will bid you adieu on a Monday edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. I endeavor to be back again on Wednesday. If so, hope to talk to you. Thanks so much. Send me an email. We tackle life at gmail.com. We tackle life at gmail.com. And also review the podcast on iTunes. iTunes, let me know what you think. We'll talk to you again soon.